Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast, where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Sumit, aka the Contravener of Rules. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka MF Boom. Boom. Yes, I've been listening to a lot of MF Doom lately. Okay. Okay. I love that guy. Yeah, no, he's good. I, I was listening to Wu-Tang Forever. So okay. um, what I'm doing with my time on the way to work and to places, I'm starting to go into back catalogs a bit more and do that more often. Is that why we have the uh, the discography questions coming up on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, I'm a just lot. interested. Okay. I'm just interested. I'm listening. I'm going, oh, what is it? Where is it? That'll be a good episode one day. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. I think but, so. Um, what struck me while listening to the intro to Side B right before Triumph is RZA getting his ditty bag. <laughs> You're such a, you got such an old school mentality. What? what you said mean? side B. Yeah, but it is side B. CD2, CD2. It's side B. <laughs> side B. So go ahead, side, go ahead. side B, uh, CD2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's talking his ish, um, like Diddy. And I thought to myself, Chris might have some ideas as who, who is RZA actually talking about? He's talking about players. He's talking about these people ain't MCs. You're changing your names. This isn't hip-hop. This is the purest form of hip-hop to Wu-Tang. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, who better to ask who RZA was talking about than you? Okay, well, you're going to be extremely disappointed. Okay. Because this is a question I have been asking myself for a number of years. Um, we're listening to Wu-Tang Forever. Great album, by the way, and I love the intro. Yeah. It could have been anyone. Okay. During that time, because when he started talking about players and all that kind of stuff, who were the main culprits running around doing all that kind of talk? It was Puffy. It was Mace. Mace. You know, Puffy won a uh, best rap album that year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Bad Boy had begun there, what I would call the second phase of Bad Boy, which was yep. their most commercially successful run. Um, he also mentioned about people dressing up. Yep, like it's fashion. some kind of fashion show. Yep. And during this time, you know, you had a lot of the, the guys wearing suits and all that kind of stuff, that whole mafioso vibe. So could he be talking about the firm? Could he be talking mm-hmm. about Nas, AZ? Just the, just the following year, you know, you had Jay-Z with the black suit on the volume two album cover. Yep. So you also had Unreasonable Doubt too. So. Exactly. So you're going through all of that. And then I, I've, always, I've always thought like, well, when I think about people during that time who were dressing up, a few names come to mind. Buster Rhymes. Interesting. He was always wearing those colourful outfits. Yeah. But yet, he's always had that kind of, I I think, that artistic kinship with the clan because they've done songs together. They featured on each other's records. So, could it be be Buster Rams? I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. Camp Lowe. Okay. Were around at the time and they were wearing, you know, the leather jackets and the flamboyant shirts and stuff. Wait, was he talking about them? I don't, dude. I really, really don't know. But you also got to remember, it, it was definitely a competitive time. Yes, it so was, he could have been talking about anyone and everyone it, it at fe- the same time. It felt like an umbrella shop, but then when he started talking about specific, like you players and the fashion, and yeah. the suits, yeah. it, my ears pricked up. But then you know, yeah. I, I love- also say side B. So what do I know? I love the part where Jizza goes, "You ain't no MC," <laughs> and if anybody <laughs> is qualified to say you ain't no MC, it's Jizza. Yeah, you ain't MC. Great yeah, album. Yeah, Great no, album. it was. It was. I can't believe it's been twenty-one years already. I know. I know. But yeah, it's. Um, it was interesting. I thought it. I thought it a nice tidbit to bring up. Another thing that's really interesting is how you're maintaining your new beard. 
Babet. Yeah, we need to talk about this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. By the way, I'm not unzipping my pants now. Hold no, on. Don't, don't, this, don't do that. Pause, pause. When you hear it in that, pause on that. No, no, no. Not even pause. Stop the whole tape. Why, why, why? Hold on. There we go. Is that the sound of your. Um... It's my it's my beard brush bag. Okay. And now I bought Black Friday in that. Um... <laughs> so listen, <laughs> you had to wait till Black Friday to buy a brush. Right, you couldn't so just buy a brush. You want, to, you want the story? Okay, go ahead. Right, the story is uh, me and a couple of guys, why I'm brushing my beard with my new comb. Um, me and a couple of work colleagues went to the Amazon pop up store in Shoreditch. Okay. Walked in and just to see, you know, what, you know, see what they're doing, how they're doing the installation. It was quite fun. It was open for 24 hours across the whole weekend. Um, and I walk in and there's these guys called Mobros. And these I think I've hef- seen them. Right. Hefty beards and they're almost like pampering guys. Looking with, like their ancestors. Yeah. But pampering guys and giving them tips and, and, and tips and, um, like stuff with wax and beard oils and et cetera, et cetera. So I said, I'm going to come back to you guys. Mm-hmm. As we left, I sat in the chair and he took me through their whole range. So they got winter spice, different oils. They got vanilla and mango. I went with the vanilla, vanilla and mango. So that makes your beard smell a certain way? So yeah, it's kind of like essential oils, argan oil, all those things. Okay. They, you, you rub it into your beard uh, and then they got this beard wax Again, different smells and different colours, uh, different colours, uh, different flavours rather. Um, and then that holds the beard and gives it a, either a shiny or a matte look, depending on what you want. So I went for the shiny vanilla and mango look. So it held it in place, gave it a shine, and then he brushed my beard. How much did you pay for all of this? Oh, no, no, nothing. That's free. It's free. I don't believe you. Not in Shoreditch. I'm Not in Shoreditch. I'm Indian. It's free. Yeah, because I'm thinking, seeing as you're Asian. It's free. And I know that you're very, uh, what's the word? Frugal. Yeah, you're, a, you're, you're not a spendthrift. Yeah. The fact that you went to Shoreditch to look after your beard would suggest you either came into some money or you had a hookup. No, the first thing I said when I sat in there, I'm not buying nothing. He said, no, 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 we're not selling anything. We're just showing you the products. I was like, good man. So where are they selling the products? On Amazon. Okay. So they've got their own, you know, own retailer, but they're also selling through Amazon. So this was all through the Amazon Prime store or Amazon store they have. And so you can buy it through Prime. I've now bought their beard wax. Okay. You're looking good though. I mean, it's all right. Though. Yeah, your beard's looking, your beard's looking right, healthy. Yeah. You're looking like last week. I said you look like the thirteenth disciple. <laughs> this week you look like the uh, the sixteenth disciple. <laughs> yeah, you're looking good. You're looking good. The wife likes it. Yeah, she loves and it. And this is all we ask for. Uh, exactly, exactly. This, exactly. this is all we ask. She for. does think I spend too much time talking about my beard, but you know, it's new. It's novel and that. Are she jealous of your beard? I think so. You right? just got the beard, and I she's know, isn't it? Yeah, she's giving you smoke she already. She also said that you're not getting the Mo Amma ticket either that we discussed in the okay. previous podcast. You're not getting. That's it. fine. You know, but what's she gonna say when I take them from you? <laughs> Summit's wife, listen, I've already decided I'm going. Look, you can sit in your nice little cul de sac or house, you know what I mean? It's cool, I'm, I'm going to this show. That's fine. And um, if I don't get your ticket, I'm just gonna come to your sh- come to the show just, and I'm gonna press what? you. <laughs> I'm gonna put pressure on you. I'm gonna put pressure on you. What are we talking about today? We're talking about leaders and managers, but before we do that, I have to apologize and shout out a couple of people. I have to apologise to Denise and Sophie because I've stood them up today because I double booked myself. Um, I was supposed to meet them today and for Christmas, you know, we haven't seen each other for a few months. And those, I said, those, no. those are the ladies you used to work with at Egmont, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, 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 you know, and I, I completely, you know, ignored them. I said, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do it. I've got a podcast, haven't I? Um, so I said... Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. I'm, I'm fa- I feel bad. But <laughs> as a result, I said, look, I'll, you know... They expect a shout-out. Here's your shout-out. Okay. Shout-out to Denise and who? It's Sophie. Shout out to Denise and Sophie and thank you for listening to the Breaking Atoms podcast. Do they listen to the show? I mean, you know. So we're shouting them out just because you stood them up? Yeah. 
No, I'll take it back, my shout out. <laughs> Buy them dinner or something. I will, I will. Also Chaz as well, because he's in Leicester. Chaz and Dave. Uh, just Chaz. Because um, he's in Leicester... Uh, and he sent me a picture of him listening to Summit's new Beard episode on Spotify. Nice. Um, at his desk. That's so, good. What did well, he think? Yeah, it was fun. I mean, if he's sending you a picture, he's... Yeah, no, no, no. He's, okay. You know, he's got a picture of my beard on his phone at his desk. That's that's crazy. That's all we can ask for, right? Shout out to Jameson as well. He landed this morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's here for the French Montana show. I didn't even know there was, that was happening. Yeah, it's a Spotify show. Oh, is so it? So French is headlining, you know, because he's rolling with French. So he called me at like seven this morning. Yeah. And then he says, oh, you just sound like you woke up. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. shout out to Jameson. Jake. Someone's not private jetting all over the world. Exactly. And right. shout out to our engineer yep. as well, yes. Chuckles. Chuckles. Um, for those who can't see Chuckles, <laughs> because this is a podcast, this guy has come so color coordinated. I'm impressed. We, he's like he's had some ethnic insight. I wonder if you make Chuckles the face of the podcast episode. I'm down with that. Okay, we'll ask. Or, or his shoes because he's oh, got sh- the he's got the burgundy <laughs> yes. trainers matching and the, the burgundy yes. and beige oh, orangey shirt. You know, yes. you know, I noticed fresh. as soon as I walked in. You know, all right, I'm I'm slipping in, looking it. good. All right, I'm too busy. I'm too busy with my beard. I'm not looking. Yeah, it's you and your right. beard and that. All right, today's episode: mm-hmm. leaders versus managers. Um, back and forth. So we've been discussing leadership qualities managerial qualities and i thought it'd be a good episode as we're wrapping up towards the end of the year just to kind of look at the differences between them people often listen to our podcast while at work so they can look at their manager now (laughs) you're a leader or you're a manager um but also i just think you know the the people that listen to the podcast are the the listeners most all of them have a job they all work in a work in an office setting yeah no entrepreneurs listen to this we ain't got nothing for you i mean no billionaires millionaires nah, yes yeah, nothing like for that. you um but i thought it'd be a, a good opportunity to to run through this mm-hmm. so can we talk about what a manager and a leader is yes all right so I, i'm a dictionary guy so i got the definition a manager is an individual who is in charge of a certain group of tasks or a certain subset of a company a manager often has a staff of people who report to him or her a leader That's a person or a thing that holds a dominant or superior position within its field and is able to exercise a high degree of control or influence over others. Okay. So I went to school. You did. Oh God, not this again. (laughs) Okay. So you've been in a managerial position for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got some ideas on what a leader would be in comparison to a manager i think some of the the key things for me would be belief encouragement and development so also feedback in in that where i can kind of go into kind of development those are kind of almost the pillars that i feel a good leader would have when they're managing people it's weird because they're kind of interlinked but they're very different so you can manage people but you can also lead them at the same time right um I also think about the kind of breaking it down in terms of the differences. I look at leaders as people who give credit. Managers often take credit. So there'll be situations where you come up with a new idea. Managers tend to pass it off as their own, whereas leaders like to give credit and and encourage the the exchange of those ideas. Um, And I've often been in places that happens quite a lot more prevalent than than uh, than not and also it's quite demoralizing as well because you often feel like am i not good enough to be given this piece of credit or whatever is the idea so it happens often in the corporate world as yes, well yes yes because i spent most of my career working in the corporate world and two things 
that seem to happen a lot with the people who I've now identified as managers is blame. So if something goes wrong, the first thing is who did this? Who's who's to blame for this? Yeah, who's right. to blame as opposed to identifying the problem, sorting the problem and putting measures in place to minimise the likelihood of said problem happening again. And I've also been part of departments where the manager or the person leading the department is the only one who gets the praise or is the only one that gets promoted. For me, that's a red flag. Interesting. Really, it's a, it's a big red flag for me. That happens quite. That does happen quite a lot in corporate world, right? Managers always get the promotion rather than the people. Team that... gets blamed when things go wrong. Manager takes the praise when things go right. But for a leader, you win and you lose together, right? Absolutely. You live and die by your own sword as a team. So speaking of uh, managers, I, I, I often think that managers are the ones that enforce processes and leaders either optimise or enhance or almost break the processes. To, to see in which to see how they can then improve them. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I do think there is a, a certain value in processes and kind of looking at which processes work. Yes. But just because they work don't mean they always have to work this way. Yeah. You could always enhance and evolve your processes. Um, I've also worked under managers who have changed processes just to change them as a kind of calling right. card to say, I'm here now. Right. Uh, I used to work in O2. Okay, retail? Yeah, O2 retail. So I used to sell mobile phones. And we had this manager, he moved to our store and he basically wanted to change the layout of the store. Right. I'm putting this here, I'm putting this there, this person's going to be my deputy. He hadn't really had, he didn't really have an idea as to, you know, why this person, why he wanted this person to be his deputy from where I was standing. It was more about, I like this person, they have a look, they have a persona. Right. I said to this person, I said to my manager, I said, the store has been set up like this based on our last audit. So this is the advice that we were given from our audit auditor to say your store would run better if you put these measures in place. place right. and you get a score in an audit. Basically came and changed everything. And when the next audit came, it was like, hold on, I thought I told you to put this in place. And we failed our audit. Right, so changing for changing's sake. Changing Never- for changing's sake. It's like a calling card. Like someone moves into an office and they decide, I'm going to have a massive picture of my kids on the wall on the wall even though that's not office protocol it's just to announce they their just want to do it right and that, a certain position that happens because it's, it's power it's power mm-hmm. play, right they want to so, let you know this is who i am and this is the power i hold i can change things even if they don't need changing if that makes sense yes and then on the next point i've got kind of follows on which is so if those kind of managers just like to change things for the sake of changing them i always feel that a good leader offers direction Whereas managers look to constrict you or, you know, kind of enforce the status quo. We'll 100%. do what, what's always been done without actually challenging why. That's what I feel. Yeah, like. I agree. I agree. I'm very fortunate to have a manager now that really gives me the the kind of space. Yeah. If I have an idea, I can come to him or he may see certain things in me. So, for example, he heard the Breaking Atoms podcast. Yeah. He liked it and he's like, okay, well, could we do something similar for, for the company? Yeah. You lead the project. Wow. Whereas, you know, I've been in positions before. I've worked in companies, you know, we went into schools. Yeah. Um, I told him about the music stuff that I did. And an English teacher actually said to me, I'd love for you to come into my, my English class and talk about poetry talk about rhyme schemes, etc. I went back to my company and said, look, they want to do this. Is there any way that we could possibly use this as a pilot to, to, to offer a new service or to monetize this? Right. And it was shut down immediately. Why? 
I think I my suspicion is that there was a member of management that I didn't really see eye to eye with. Right. He didn't like me. I didn't like him. Sure. It's life. I've been there. And, and he, he shut it down because he wanted to always be the face of everything. So he's definitely one of those people who took credit and always placed blame. I've been in places in my younger years where the manager I, I did not respect. Absolutely didn't respect. How do, you, how do you work for someone who you don't respect? I don't. I said I'm out. Peace, deuces. I'm out. Go F yourself. I'm out. Because also they were rude and I didn't feel like I wasn't going to go anywhere, right? It was a means to an end. And actually, this is something I want to come to later, but I might as well touch upon it now, where the fundamental difference I feel between whether or not you're a manager or a leader is if you strip away that title, do the people still follow you or not, right? Because people don't want to be managed. They want to follow and take leadership and direction and ownership. People want to feel ownership of things. And a, and a good leader enables the right people to do it, right? So we can go through the list and go, oh, leaders should do this. But ultimately, in what makes a good leader is the, the ability to read people, to understand what's required, what to say, when to say it. And these are things that we may consider to be quite basic, but they're really not. It's not common sense that people understand. It's very, very important for a leader to be able to identify key qualities very early in another individual. You need to be able to read people. I feel sometimes managers don't. They're very restrictive. They just tell you, you do this. If you don't do that, they follow these stupid ass rules, these performance based rules that actually should be ripped up in some places. Because um, that's the thing. I feel like managers stick to rules. And then leaders try to break them. Mm, mm. I'm a rule breaker. I'm the contravener yeah, of rules. I agree. I agree. I, I, I don't break them for the sake of breaking them. I go, why do we have this? I always stick with me personally. I always try to center myself around three, three words. How, what, and why. Those things are all precursors to the, my, my point. Why are we doing this? How are we going to do it? And what's it going to do for us? So three things are always sent around anytime I've got any questions, anything around strategy or anything like that. Simple questions. What, how and why? Mm. One thing I, one thing I, uh, I looked at when I was researching the topic, because I, I was really focusing on the differences yeah. between a manager and a leader. And I read a piece and I can't remember where, but when I, when I do remember, I'll put it up. And it said that managers count value. Leaders create value. So let's say, for example, you're picking oranges. Okay, mm -hmm. your manager says you've got. Your manager says to you, "You've got to pick 100 oranges in an hour." They come to you every 10 minutes, asking you how many oranges have you picked, and they're distracting you. Right. It's likely that you're not going to be able to meet that 100 orange target yes. because they're just looking at how many you've done. Whereas a leader will give you the tools and yes. the encouragement. And the advice to say, I need you to pick 100 oranges. This is how I suggest you go about it. This is what I can give you to help you. Yeah. There you go. And I'll be doing this. So whilst you focus on A, I'll be focusing on B. Yes. Leaders in power, managers exercise their power. Absolutely. That's the thing. I like that. Say that again. Leaders in power, managers exercise their power. You went to school too? I kind of did. I, I hope so. Well, you look like it. Your beard. <laughs> My beard looks like... You look like a maths teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Mr. Look, Sharma, look, what's four plus four? <laughs> you look like you're going to drop some Pythagoras theorem on me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because right now I'm in a place where um, I'm currently managing. Um, and before we go into kind of like examples of leaders and managers in, in you know, different parts of life, in different, in, in, in different industries, um, I'm currently Summit Klopp at work. Currently. You're saying that and you're smiling at me like I'm supposed to be impressed. Yes. So, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool man. Because Liverpool... Okay, so check, check this out. Yeah. They know you're a Liverpool fan. Yes. Is that why they... So, they're calling you Klopp because you're a Liverpool fan. Well, but you're be, looking at me like they're just calling you Klopp by coincidence and you happen to be what, a Liverpool fan. Like, well, I, what, what it is, is I am... See, I like analogies. Okay. And my analogies tend to be either sport or music related when mm-hmm. it comes to trying to explain. Yeah, I'm the same. Music exactly. or wrestling. So I was trying to explain exclusivity through the means of Drake and Taylor Swift. Right? And sometimes I also go into Rain Man mode where I draw on a whiteboard and draw a football pitch and do tactics and explain why these tactics work and how they then relate to what we're doing at work. Right? So as an example, as a brief one I can say, in one of my meetings i was i was taking someone that i lead um i was taking them through the fact that nobody there's not one person that will help the team win yeah we all win together to which she said what about lionel messi and i said ah perfect so i drew a football pitch i drew 11 players and I said, the reason why you have Luis Suarez running this direction to this channel and Philip Coutinho runs into this channel and Rakitic makes a space here and Messi moves into this space is because of this, 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 this. And this is how we score our goals. So here's a, here's a question for you. Yes. How would you communicate to someone who doesn't understand or appreciate the football analogy? Well, good question. So I asked them what they're interested in. So someone said, I like Breaking Bad. I said, all right, cool. Here's the analogy from you being Walter White to Heisenberg. Right. And this is who Jesse Pinkman is. This is who's Gus, a.k.a. me, right? And I'll help build your no, distribution you wanna, network. You want to be Don Eladio? Yeah, yeah, Don. <laughs> yes! Bad yes. man. I Don Eladio. Don, I will help you build your... I will help you expand your distribution, your value. But right now, you're Walter White, right? You want to be Heisenberg with the hat, who's strategic, who understands his value, who can think on his feet? I can take you there. So actually, it's about understanding what people are interested in. And then if I don't know, if I'm not aware of something, I'll research it. Find out what they're interested in. That's a trait of a good leader. Yeah, I'll research. Yeah, you're not a know-it-all. No, of course not. Always a student. Yeah, we've done an episode on that too. The smartest people are the ones that don't know everything because they can actually say and have the courage to say, you know what, I don't know everything. My bad. I'm willing to learn though. Teach me. So... At the moment, I'm getting something clock because one person knows football, other person doesn't know football. So with one, I'm doing Breaking Bad references and with the other, I'm doing Liverpool references and football references. So the gifts are flying. The clock gifts are flying. Um, there was a l- email that was sent to me, which was basically likening Manchester City to our competitor and Liverpool as the company I work for. And it was like a news report and talking about Summit Klopp and what his thoughts are and how we're going to get to our to our goals and achieve things it was like a like a report of a uh, football game but within it, it was like post match summit klopp said I like that. and this is the kind of thing that i'm energizing are you finding that the engagement 
is, is higher as well? The engagement is higher. One thing I'll say... When I say engagement, because like, I would assume you're sending this out via email and so forth. Are you getting a lot more people responding to your emails with ideas, thoughts and feedback? Yes. I think right now, the what I like to... My approach is to... It's a, it is genuinely the club approach. Mm-hmm. It's to get them to feel... To empower them. right? Get them to feel up. Get them a belief. Because I genuinely believe that they have something. Good. And... I genuinely believe that they can create great things. So the first thing is to make them feel like the way I feel. Let me sell them my vision. This is my vision and I'm selling it to you. They've got to buy into that, A. And then B, help them guide them and make and, and help them get to the point where I need to get them to and continue to, continue to reiterate that at every point. Then it's about the productivity. Does the productivity then increase? If it does increase, yes, because there's one thing to G people up and then there's the other thing of you can G them up, but if the product, the work that comes out of it, the outcome of the work is poor, then all bets are off, it finishes. We've got to change it. We've got to go, we've got to go a whole different tack now. But the point of it is, let's G them up. Let's make them feel good. Because I've been in places where I've had managers who made me feel like crap. Yeah. And my productivity levels have been, been poor. But I also understand and when I'm looking at not just them, but anyone... You, you have to know people. The best thing, I always thought Hip-Hop Chronicle, but the best thing it ever taught me was it gave me a fast, it fast-tracked me into human interaction. Because in one day, you're dealing with managers, groupies, producers, rappers, egos, humble people, mu- um, music publicists. You're dealing with a range of people at all kinds of times of night, right? So you've got to be able to manage all those emotions at different times. That enables to help you go into the workplace. It help, helps, enables you to go, this tack works with this person. And I'll come on to sport a little bit later. But and as, a, as an example, look at what Jose Mourinho is doing at Man United and look at what Pep Guardiola is doing at Manchester City. And there's a clear difference. Mourinho is a manager. Pep is a leader. Those players want to play for Pep Guardiola. Those players at United, they're not happy. They're being criticised. They don't feel valued. Look at their performances. Mm. Good point. Good point. Mm. I want to talk about um, positional equity. We talked about it slightly. That term blew my mind, by the way. I love that word. Because that sounds uber smart. Yeah. I um, didn't come up with that. It's too smart for no, you. No, I didn't. I didn't. It's I too st- smart I for you. I stole that. I stole that. Yeah, it's, it's, Wikipedia it's, and that. Yeah, it's, 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 way too, it's way too smart for you. When you said <laughs> positional equity, I said, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? Not Positional me. equity. Yeah. So That's the, a whole episode in itself, yeah, I feel. So, so the idea is that managers look at their position and use that as equity. Leaders don't care about their position because, I, again, if you strip away the title, so if you have people that you manage... I don't. But if you did or have done in the past... Yeah, I have in the past, yeah. If you have in the past, if you strip your title away, will they still follow you? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. That's something that I've been reflecting on. Uh, when I was when I was preparing for this episode, like I, I I don't know. I do feel like I do have influence, then definitely in my in my in my friendship circles. Yeah, and not to sound cocky, but like I know people who use my slang. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, pe- I use your slang. I know people who I've had um, studio engineers say to me, "Oh, so and so was in here asking about this song and, and stuff he did," but they'll never ask me. That means I do have some kind of yeah, yeah cachet and kind of influence. Like there's ideas that I would consider throwaway ideas that I've given to friends, and they've set up businesses off the back of my throwaway ideas. So right. am I a leader in some in some senses? Yes. If you took away that position, would people still follow me? 
I don't know, especially in this era of self-empowerment and everyone feels they can do everything by themselves and they don't need anybody. I don't know. Yeah, good point. Good point. But sometimes that's made it hard to identify who the leaders are too. Oh yeah, because everybody wants to have a team. Every so if we do the, if we do your whole football analogy, everybody wants to be the striker. That's okay. Everybody, everybody's setting up teams with eleven strikers. But this, I, I think I've talked about this on a previous podcast that everyone wants to be Lionel Messi, but no one wants to be Sergio Busquets, the person who actually does the work, right? The other person that actually stabilizes the rest of the team and is at the the focal point of the team. Everyone wants to be Mo Salah. Everyone wants to be Drake, mm. right? But no one wants to be, you know, everyone wants to be J. Cole and no one wants to be Bass, right? And actually, there's value in being, yeah. it's be, play your position. You know what I mean? You are like, who you are when you got here. There's a reason why Inspector Deck always set off the, most of the Wu-Tang records. Yes. There's a reason. There's a reason. I don't think it's a coincidence, but it's an actual reason. But I think... Sticky Fingers in Onyx, most of the time had the third verse. There's right. a reason. There is a reason, but I think we're in an age where we prop up the people at we always prop up the superstars yeah everyone wants to feel like a superstar that's why we follow superstars it's making me think of follow the leader if there was a um a theme song for this episode follow the be, leader yeah eric b rakim follow the leader so think about it why do people follow now i'm gonna go in different step here now why do we follow religious leaders why do we follow political leaders why do we follow them i mean Take the leader leader word out of it for a second. Why do we follow politicians? And why do we follow priests, vicars, whoever it is? Why do we follow them? I think it's a number of reasons. I think it's uh, influence. Right. Leaders I think have it's, that. I think it's positioning. I think when people are put into a certain position, we can sometimes automatically follow or even blindly follow. Example, if a priest walked into this room I would say by default they would have some kind of, I don't want to say the word authority, but some kind of cachet. They have aura, and they have aura. Yeah, they, when they speak, most people, most people would listen. I think could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think it's how we've been trained and conditioned as as people. Interesting. It's just to we've been trained to just follow sometimes without asking questions or doing the relevant research or just so, asking just asking questions. So remember that. Um, Netflix show you saw about the guy who who made his own city. What was it called again? Wild Wild Country. Right. Those, Crazy show. Right. Wild Wild Country. Those guys, those people. Rajneesh Puram. Yeah. That, those people followed him, right? Anywhere and everywhere he went. Yeah. Because it's the way they he made them feel. But I also think he identified a need. This is how, a, uh, this is how some leaders can assert more influence. Right. Not in a selfish way either. Right. So what he was doing in, in this show, he was finding and identifying homeless people right. or people who were in need, people who needed shelter, clothes, food, community, brotherhood, brotherhood, fellowship. Yeah. He would take them from wherever they were and bring them to his city. Right. So if someone was in need of food, clothes, shelter, and that sense of belonging, and you're going to give it to me, then it's more likely I'm going to follow I'm gonna you. F- yeah, I'm going to yeah, follow you because he, actually- he manipulated them in that respect, right? Right. Which is another that could yeah. be a pitfall. Some would say he manipulated them. Some would say he, he met a need. But the fact is that he gave them something that they were looking for. Interesting. And that's another part about creating value. With all the music yeah. licensing stuff that I've been doing, I had a meeting at Sky, and I reached out to Imperial and I said. Because I know he's had all these different types of meetings and yeah. he's just a bit more friendly di- friendly than me, you know. I'm just right. an ignorant black man in the corner. <laughs> I said to him, how can I 
go about this meeting? What kind of thing should I say? And he said one thing, be a problem solver. Yeah. Find out what their problem is Yep. and how you can fix their problem. And that's how you add value. Interesting. I like problem solving. Yeah. Problem solving is great. I think problem solving is a trait that can get you anywhere in the world. I love problem solving. And that's how you create value. And I, people, people will then start to look to you like you can actually offer us something. It's, I mean, I try to do it in every aspect of my life, including work. Mm. I won an award at um, is that a, you, a, for, yeah, yeah? a former place of employment really? uh, called, yeah, I'll say the name, uh, Engage Education. They gave me a, a biggest impact award. Wow. Um, and I won the award and the words that were used were, I changed the way that their business worked. Yeah. So I came up with the whole social media plan and say, look, implement this and let's start doing this. Legacy and that? Yeah. I changed the way, I changed the, way the business worked because they had a problem. So what I did yeah. or what me and my team did when we came on board is we realized they were spending, you know, six figures a year on job boards. One day I said to them, in my, all my pomp and glory, what if I could reduce your spend on job boards Yeah. but bring you more teachers? Right. They're like, how are you going to do that? Yep. I said, social media. So for a fraction of what they were spending on job you boards, were able to do that. and we started to bring in more people. Yeah. It's good, it's good. It's, that, I think that what Imperial said, that piece of advice is important. Anywhere you go, whatever you do, if you can be a problem solver... And solve a problem, understand an issue, identify it, and then solve it. It becomes you, yeah, yeah, your infinite, value your is, infinite value. Yeah, I love, it. I love problem solving. Though. I yeah. love understanding. Always why got, you always got to look where the holes are and see see how you can fill them up. Yeah. So let's do some examples. Let's do music examples. I've okay. done some sport ones. Mm-hmm. I'll go on to sport in a bit. Let's do some music leaders examples. Is there anyone that you look at in music, any genre? that you feel is a leader in what they do? There's a few. Um, when I was thinking about this, a few names just came to mind. Did Taylor Swift come first? No. Why not? Because I don't like her. But she's a leader. Okay, prove it. She just changed the way in which... She signed a new deal, right? So she signed a new deal, her own deal, her own label with Universal. And part of that deal was that her music now gets on Spotify and now they have to pay more money to all artists... Yes, I, comes to I heard about that. Yeah, that's changed. That's pretty this. cool. I like that. Yeah, I respect that. I, I don't like her or her music. But no, I, I like can, her music, man. She I can applaud that. songs. I, I don't know. I don't care. Why, man? We just, it's not for everybody. Back together, innit? It's not for everybody. All right, go on, Karen. When I thought of leaders, I thought of uh, the obvious ones. Go on, Marley Mar. Okay. He changed the way music was made through sampling. Okay. DJ Premier. Okay. Created the sound of a city. Yep. The birthplace of New York. And I think he of, wasn't from. Exactly. I think of Nipsey Hussle yep. and the whole Proud to Pay campaign. So selling a, uh, a CD yep. for $100. He sold 1000 in one day. That's 100000 Yep. So that's, you know, that's that's a couple of salaries right there. Also, I didn't think Jay-Z of, buy... Jay-Z bought 100 He bought 100. 100 copies. I think of Prince. So when Prince released the Planet Earth album and he had copies distributed through the Daily Mail. Yep, I remember. Um, I think he definitely led a, a, a revolution, pun yeah. intended, mm-hmm. with that kind of idea. <laughs> um, from the executive level, Steve Rifkin. Okay. With the whole street team idea. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and the whole way, the way he set up the whole Wu-Tang deal. Yep. By signing the group. Street team, ref- definitely. Street team, definitely. Having first refusal on solo members, I think, was revolutionary because that paved the way for every group after right. that to sign to one label and then send their solo artists to other labels other leaders in music yeah there's there's a few but those are the ones that come to mind so that's a lot for of me. hip-hop 
I'm going to go outside. Very Gordy. Yeah, go for it. Definitely a leader. Yep. I mean, Change the game. Motown is almost his own genre. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's like, it's soul and it's... It's Motown. It's soul and no, pop records, but it, it, it's just Motown. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. It is its own. You you, you go Motown. That's yeah, it. people, that's... Know what ta- people know what time it is. Yes. James Brown. Yep. When you look at all the stuff that he did with his band. Mm-hmm. Bob Marley. Absolutely. Like, Bob Marley's like a dead living man. <laughs> it's like he's never left. <laughs> they say he accounts for over 80% of reggae sales. Really? He died in 82. Yeah, that's a shame, man. There's the, a the conspiracy theory about that in there. The uh, CIA yeah. killed him. Yeah, anyway, well, we'll never know. I mean, speak to Draper about that. He got the conspiracy theory. He might just send me a YouTube link. I need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Draper will definitely send you a YouTube link I or need, something. I need that. No, it won't even look at the source. Just send you a link. And see, <laughs> it happened. You see, you see. Yeah. But yeah, but like all, all the people that you mentioned, completely agree. And these people that um, empowered who who who's lasting effect is has endured longer than from when they created it and it will outlive them too yeah i mean mj's slightly mj's different michael jackson talking about slightly different in in, in that who else would you be talking about i mean i'm just, sorry like, clarity in that clarity in Any, that. like you say mj like who do you think I, who, who do you think i would think you're talking about i don't know uh, michael jordan <laughs> <laughs> michael jordan he's a leader yeah, Michael Jordan. He's a leader. There we go. See? I thought about leaders in wrestling. Go on, hit me. You, yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. know, with me, I always think, you know, how does this apply to wrestling? So when I thought of leaders, I definitely thought of Vince McMahon. Okay. And the way he took the wrestling territories in the US, consolidated them and made this massive media machine that we now call the WWE. Right. I also think of The Undertaker. Okay. So character aside, The Undertaker is actually a locker room leader. And what that means is when wrestlers have issues yeah. with each other, he will either step in and try to sort it or they'll come to him for guidance. Interesting. If he can't fix it, then he's, he's known to go to Vince and say, look, there's this issue going on. I can't fix it. I'm going to need some support here. Right. I think of guys like Bret Hart. Yes. So when the whole Montreal screw job happened yeah. and, you know, he was essentially forced out, the, forced out of the WWF. Um, no, not four star because he he signed a contract to leave. But when they basically took the title from him, yeah, the screw job with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So if you if you watch the Wrestling with Shadows documentary, mm-hmm. and we we should do a retrospective review on that. Okay. After other wrestlers heard what happened, they were like, "Look, this is messed up. I'm not coming into work tomorrow. I can't work for someone who could do that to you." Mm. And that also showed me that he was a leader because people were willing to react. On his behalf, but they followed. They were following and him. Some right? of his family members actually followed him to the rival company. So, uh, I think the bulldog oh. left shortly afterwards. Owen wanted to leave, but kept, they kept him. Neidhart left shortly afterwards, but most importantly, Rick Rude. Yeah, Ravishing. he left. Like the, the, I think he was on Nitro the next day, which was unprecedented because he had already filmed Raw. Yeah, a few days before, so he was on Raw and Nitro on the same night. And the big reason why he left, he's like, look. I'm not down with this. Like, this is wrong. So that showed me Bret Hart was a leader. Other wrestling leaders that come to mind, Tommy Dreamer. Okay. From ECW. Sting. Sting. WCW. Off Kevin the Nash, Ra- no? Kevin Nash, is a, he's a poli- he was a politician. A politician. He was a politician. Okay. Yeah, he was a big time politician. He was um, part of the clique. And the right. clique were like a backstage group. It was him, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Okay. And X-Pac to a, uh, X-Pac. Lo- to a lower degree. <laughs> and they were basically, they had the air of Vince McMahon, so they would kind of um, use their influence to, to determine particular outcomes. So they're managers? Managers. They're managers. Yeah. They counted value because they left WWF for more money. 
their managers. And I heard, and I don't know if this is true, Skillet can tell me if this is true, but when other wrestlers came into WCW, yeah. if they were on a higher wage, their contract said, well, you have to bump up our wage to match theirs. Ooh, yeah, the managers. Yeah, that's, that's manager. they count value. That's manager talk. But they also created value too because they were instrumental in WCW overtaking WWF in the ratings. Right. Okay. But I don't want to turn this into a wrestling podcast. I'm sorry. But, but like, forgive my um, brown ignorance. Um, the Rock, would he be considered a leader and maybe not necessarily in the in the locker room? Yeah, I say he's a leader. I think for and, you, and, and I know this is a is an ongoing issue for some for an African American man. Yeah, say it, say it with your chest. As a black man, say it with your chest. He's he's achieved way more than any other black man in wrestling that I know of. Same. Remember, Hollywood came for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't go to them. Yeah, they which came is usually to him. the thing, right? Which the, is, mm. dude, he still has a show named after him, SmackDown. I mean, I I remember when they first created that. SmackDown is now a t- uh, part of the popular culture lexicon. Yes. Like ether. Yes. yes. People outside of wrestling know what SmackDown means. They even mm. use it as, as you know, it's part of their banter and stuff. So yeah, he's, of course he's a leader. Okay. Steve Austin. Okay. All these type of people. They're leaders, man. Nah, man, fuck Austin. I mean... Did I tell you the time I told him to go F himself? No, don't do that. I did. No, don't do he that. He was rude in that. Yeah, don't matter. No, he was rude he's, though. He's Steve Austin. Don't do nah, that. Nah, The don't Rock do wasn't like that. Yeah, don't matter. I like The yeah, Rock no, no, was no, so no, no, cool. No. When I met The Rock, he was so Did you so ever consider blessed. that he was in character? No, he wasn't because he was outside, he was outside Sky Sports. Yeah, but he said, "Hey guys, come here, my man's got a t-shirt. He's wearing it. He just so? signed his t-shirt. So he wouldn't do it. That's fine. But The Rock did. The Rock's cool though. The Rock is cool, isn't it, man? But well, these are these Steve are the people. Austin. These are the people I think about as 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 leaders. Nah, Austin's a manager now for that. I even thought about leaders in the in uh, the Christian community. Yes, because I was thinking, I was thinking talk, talk your talk. TD Jakes. Oh yeah, that's Definitely. my that's that my kind your, your of TD breaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think of people like Kirk Franklin and the commercial yep. success that they've had doing gospel music. Miles Monroe. So I'm yep. dropping names that some people may not be familiar with. Please do your googles and check. Um, I said Miles Monroe. You have Bishop Tudor Bismarck. Okay, Bishop John Francis. Yeah, like these are people that can pack out arenas. Wow. If you're saying that this person is going to be preaching, like if we said. T.D. Jakes was coming on our podcast today. Yeah. We'd get thousands of listeners off the strength. Because people just gravitate. Yeah, when you've got Oprah's phone number. <laughs> He's got Oprah's phone number. He probably okay. calls her, oh, yo, what she's, up, oh? She's also a leader. Yeah. Oh, you can't, listen. So you look, you look at Michelle Obama, you look at she's a le- Oprah. Yeah, yeah. These are leaders, right? I think Michelle Obama's going to be, she's, she's, she's shifting yeah, she's shifting with, I try the whole, with the whole book thing. She's shifting. I try to get tickets to that uh, her event at South Bank. Oh, no it's chance. not happening. No chance. I think she, they said she sold one point five million books first week. I'm I'm not surprised. And I hate being this data person. It's just it's what's bugging wrong with me. that? After that episode we did, it's just like I hate I hate the fact that I'm expressing her value in the number she sold as no, opposed I, to look, what she's achieved I think what as a woman no, do you but know what I mean I think what you're trying to do is go her book did that you're not dude she moved her. numbers I but, met someone from Penguin when I was at Cuba yeah and she, the buzz that she was like oh this Michelle Obama book but the reason why she's able to sell that is because of what she's been able to achieve as a person but do you think she'll ever be president yeah I discussed this uh, with um, my wife and I think she has the capacity to do it. I think as a choice that she probably won't only because of the amount of stress and pressure that goes with it. Not that she can't handle it. I think she probably saw it and went, 
nah, I'm cool. I might, I might as well influence in 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 the way in which the Obamas are positioning themselves now. They might be able to have more influence in empowering a new generation. Mm. They got a Netflix so, deal as well, right? Yeah. So they probably have. They'll probably have a the ability to reach more people than being in office because once you're in office now you're constrained yeah, you're kind of restricted right so you you know you will have to play by the, she could easily i think easily become president of the united states it'll be interesting to see but i don't think i think with what they want to achieve i don't necessarily think that's the way to do it that will be symbolism but if you think about this if she goes to be the president of the united states she could do it very easily then it depends on the senate and the house who has that if that's republican controlled anything she wants to push through gets blocked and then you get what her husband had for the first what four to eight four to six years of his presidency which was i want to do this no i want to do this no and so all you're doing is fighting constant battle whereas if you don't have the shackles of the presidency of the united states or the office of the United States, you're now able to affect real change to real people there and then, right? So they can tour the world, they can do Netflix deals, they can do books and not be constrained by the office. Obama needs to put out an album. No, I... You no, I sing an album. No, I'm deadly serious. No, he's, I mean, he's great. Did you hear his Amazing Grace remix? Yeah. No, I haven't heard the remix. I heard oh, him yeah. do that. Well, fresh out, he signed fresh out of slavery. Do you, do you know, I'm, I'm, I was watching uh, Trevor Noah on the weekend. So I saw two of his specials. I saw the one that he put out this year and the one he did last year. I miss, I underestimated him like a lot. I'm, I'm underestimated Trevor Noah. One thing he did was he was talking, he was doing this bit where he was talking about the first time Barack Obama met Nelson Mandela. And they were talking about the voice. So like having the voice of a black president and, what it got me thinking was, I need to find a book. And if anyone knows one out there, let me know. But what I'm trying to find is a book about leaders and their voices. Because certain mm. leaders carry their voice in a certain, a certain gravitas. Way, yeah. Right? So then just, Obama has a, a pace and a rhythm to his voice that makes you want to listen. Yeah, he's a natural orator. Right. Nelson Mandela had the same thing. So does David Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Because he can do a great Nelson Mandela accent. Exactly. Or impression, rather. Sorry. So it's a, it's a thing of going trying to figure out the psychology of that because there must you, be a book. I'm trying to find it. But the greatest leaders knew how and when to speak. And for my own development, I want to learn because I can I can be a scattergun and speak hundred miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's there's a it's a real value to going these are the words i'm going to speak these are the words i'm going to choose and being able to develop that so yeah i, I you know what it's about pacing yes. and that's something i realized with some of my favorite rappers when they tell stories it's all in the pacing how you okay. tell the story certain characters you may introduce your words like when i was growing up in church i would always gravitate to the speakers who knew how to pace themselves who Take okay. breaths. You know, like when a rapper's rapping and, you know, you talk about flow and the rhythm and where they take breaths or the pocket of the beat. Yeah. I think it's the same way when you're speaking, especially in public. I hate when people start talking about pockets and Jay-Z on Twitter. I hate it because I don't think, I just, I don't know. So, I mean, you got on, it's like the word cohesive when people just, uh, describe cadence. albums. Cadence. It's all, it's very cohesive. Okay. The, what does and, it mean? You can't they, tell me. And they cadence. People, people are using words. I, you know, you just remind, um, Meek Mill does that. What you, what were you just talking about? Like when people rap, and speaking too far sometimes I think sometimes what he's got to say is a lot and sometimes I feel with him Meek 
when he's rapping, he's rapping too fast or too much. He's trying to get all his words out. I, w- I wouldn't know. I'm not, I'm not too familiar. Ooda's Baby is a new song he's put out from his new album. I think I heard some snippets of it on, on his right, Instagram. You know. It's all right. I know, I know you're not a Meek fan. I'm not going to get into Meek conversation. Yeah. It's bombing that. All right. It's bombing that. I wrote some notes, though. Okay. About signs of a bad leader. Go on, hit me. Right. I know you like to start with the good things, but no, I'm going to start with the bad things. Let's, let's wrap this up. Go on, hit me with the bad stuff. So, a sign of a bad leader. I've got like 11. Wow. Right? So, the first one is no vision. Number two, a failure to lead themselves. Three, poor, for poor performance. If leaders can't perform, how are you going to expect the people following you to perform as well yeah thinks they know it all above all correction or above all correction yeah, yeah hard to take hard to receive advice and correction a failure to communicate making decisions on their own for example and not <sighs> informing the right people or getting some support or buying from the people they're expecting to do mm. the things that they want them to do it's all about them self over service no love in leadership I think in order to be an effective leader, you have to show some capacity of love and compassion. Yes. Because in this world we live in, for example, when I was managing people, I always said to the people who I was, I don't want to say in charge of, but the people who report to me, look, if there's anything happening in your personal life that's either becoming a challenge or a struggle, please let me know. This is my personal number. Yeah, man. Call me anytime and I'll see what I can do to help. So I know one of my staff members... Um, you know, had some mental health issues. Uh, he was on medication and so forth. And I would say to him, look, can you please let me know if there's any instances or circumstances that will trigger this for you? And mm-hmm. I will either remove you from it yeah. or I will minimise it for you. Yeah. And if there were any instances where I, I, I could see that he was affected by what's happened or he was in a, a mood or going through an episode, and I would say, look, are you okay? Let's go for a coffee. Let's go let's have yeah, 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 let's yeah. have a chat. So you have to show love and compassion and leadership, yeah. I think. A one-size-fits-all leadership. So the way I speak to you is not the way I speak to my colleagues at work. You have to, you have to um, adapt your leadership style for different people. Mm-hmm. A lack of focus. Nothing oh. worse than a distracted leader. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> no accountability. Sounds like me. Don't no, take, they don't want to accept responsibility for anything. Links into this whole thing about taking credit, placing blame. A fear or a lack of courage. I have no courage. Yeah, you got, you, of course you got courage. <laughs> you need fearless leaders. You need. I got you need, curry, but I ain't got courage. Sorry, sorry. Too bad. Too bad. Too bad. You need leaders who. <laughs> you need leaders who are. Growing up in church, they always had this thing about dare to be a Daniel. So Daniel okay. was this kind of. Uh, he's a Bible character who was very fearless and was always going against the norm and the grain for the greater good. So if a leader is scared, then. That could affect the people he's leading. Mm-hmm. I remember watching a wrestling match and the, um, the commentator said, the com- one of the wrestlers had someone in a headlock. And the commentator, I think it was Larry Zabisco, he said, when you control the head, you control the body. Interesting. I right? love that. So with, as a leader, you're the head and you've got no courage and you're fearful, then that can affect the entire body. Interesting. Signs of a good leader, yeah. in my opinion. In your opi- opinion. The gospel, according to Christopher Mitchell, <laughs> leads when they need to lead. Right, so it's yeah. not always about just jumping in front and it's, I'm the leader, I'm this, I'm that. They lead when they need to lead. They take the forefront as and when they need to take the forefront. They lead for a cause, yeah, and not just a promotion. Yes, they break the rules. We've said that a few times in this podcast. They go against the status quo. I hate everyone hates me. 
It's I, okay. I, 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 I hate break. you too. I'm, I have been slapped on the wrist for contributing rules. You're a scumbag. Yes, I'm yeah. dirtbag. You've, dirtbag you've, ma- you've mastered the art of scumbaggery. Uh, <laughs> Leaders speak out. So if there's a double standard or some injustice, a leader will step out and say, no, that's not good. I don't like this. Can we do it another way? Nice. They know their team. Yep. I think one of the most underrated traits of a leader is them knowing where their shortcomings are yep. and being able to find, hire or appoint people who can fill in the gaps that they can't. Yeah. So as a leader, if you know that your admin game is weak, you need to hire someone that's really good at admin. Yeah. If you know that you're a strategist, but you're not really a hands-on guy, you need to find someone that's a hands-on guy or gal, if need be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it clean of that. So like what I said. <laughs> Love it. This is, this yeah, is really good. the right people. That's what I wrote on my, on my list. This is very good. Gives credit yep. where it's due. Yep. And that's a great way that you can empower people by giving them credit, recognising when they've done a good job yep. and saying thank you. Because oftentimes, the people who you are leading are making you look good. Well, I always liken that as, as, as a team, it's a circle of, if I do well, you do well, you do well, I do well, we all do well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, I remember when um, in school, I used to be in a group, like an R&B group. Yeah. And I was the lead singer. Mm. Yeah, I was the lead, I was killing it. Okay. And some of the girlfriends of the other singers in the groups were like why can't so-and-so sing a lead why is Chris always singing the lead yeah. and I can't remember who said it I think it was did a lead did you say the hush your mouth no okay. no because I was thinking to myself I don't have a problem with them singing but I think it was another girl in my class she said mm. if Chris sings the leads and he's the best singer they all look good right that's what it matters but if you've got different people singing the leads and one person or two people or three people can't sing it then everybody looks bad mm, okay Okay, makes like me think this. about boys to men. Like, I like one, this. yeah, when okay, we're talking about positions, right? Yes. When you look at boys to men, yes. Sean, yeah, and Nathan always sang the verses. Yes. One year always oh, killed the bridges. What about Blazing Squad? I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. All right, a good leader is extremely accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good leader. Also trust their intuition. Sometimes you're not always going to have facts. Yeah. You're not going to have numbers. You're not going to have, have algorithms that tell you what to do and where to go. You've got to make the decision. It's got to be an intuition thing sometimes. Mm. A good leader has contagious positivity. Have you ever been led by someone where you're, they've given you an instruction or a direction or they've tried to to um, help you to envision where they want to go and you, you yourself may not be sure? Yeah. But because of their positivity and You've, because of their direction in the past, you'll lead it. Like there's a term where they say, you know, What's the term? It's a good term. I can't remember it. It's fine. It's fine. But it's about, I think in life, sometimes you'll follow people. It's yep. not necessarily on what they're saying, but it's because of who they are. And how they say it. Too. And how they say and it. They so sell it. It's, so it's, it's selling the vision, right? If you sell the vision, that's it. I'm lucky. I have a really good manager. Sells the vision. Yeah, I'm fortunate too. My manager's like, dope. Super, super fortunate. Shout out him, to Jordan. I call, manager. Pep. I call him Pep. He's a Pep. He's what? Klopp. He's Pep Guardiola. I'm, I'm Klopp. I thought you said you call him Pet. No. Pep. I was about to say, what a disrespect. Pep Guardiola, innit? Is that how you suck up to him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a good a good manager, sorry, good leader is also a good listener. Yeah. You have to listen to people. Yeah. A good manager also inspires others to change. Okay. And change for the better and yeah. to evolve and to become better versions of themselves. And lastly, I am done. Nice. I liked those um, good and bad. I think they, it's a nice list to end on. Um, so as any of you at work right now, go to your manager... Play, 
play in this episode. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, do that. Be a leader. <laughs> Break the rules. So the other thing I like about leaders is they make people not uncomfortable, but they open the questions as to why we're doing things. And that often makes people feel uncomfortable. And I feel like I do. I make, I, I like to make people feel uncomfortable anyway. Sometimes yeah. I don't like. A good leader will tell you the how and the why. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. managers focus on the what. Yes, exactly. And so if you're at work, play it for your, for your manager and, and find out if he or she is uh, a good leader or a manager. That'll be interesting. <laughs> and if you lose your job as a result of this podcast, then please do not reach out to us. I have no money, no time for you. We have no job centre. There is not a Breaking Atoms po- podcast job centre. No, there we, isn't. We there don't isn't. have benefits. <laughs> We're barely holding on to our jobs ourselves, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could be sacked next week. It's oh, fine. Imagine. Yeah, it could happen. Imagine it wrote down on your, on your, on your um, dismissal letter. <laughs> Episode 34 of his podcast. <laughs> He alluded to the fact that he didn't think I was a good leader. I'm telling you, man. I'm getting oh, that could not hold up in court, bro. Getting, we all get rich after that, you know. I tell, I tell the owner of our company. I tell him every, every day. I talk to him. I don't know nothing about digital. I don't know why you hired me. I sit in the corner. Let me sit there. I know nothing. That's it. I stick. That's my official part. That's my official party line. I don't know nothing. Good luck to you. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this shit up. I'm not going to do that outro anymore. Why not? Don't like it. What's wrong with the outro? Nah, it's not me. Jeez, all right. Yeah, it's so trash. It's, it's wow. Yeah, it's trash. Okay, so we're just gonna have to just just style it out and basically. You gotta go. do all the socials. And yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm getting there. I'm just, yeah, man. Oh, it's trash. Damn. All right, so our ending is trash. But um, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, at Break the Atoms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, our personal accounts at Hip Hop Chronicle for me uh, and for for Christopher. At I am kinetic. No need for my government name, but go ahead, Christopher. I love saying Christopher. It sounds, it sounds regal. Only, only my mother and that. Oh, sorry, and that. Sorry, Chris, my mother Chris and that. Chris is Mitchell and that. Senior and that. Yeah, I'll t- I'm going to take something in the next episode, which is quite interesting. But that's for another episode. But you can follow us on 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 social. Don't forget to uh, uh, subscribe and comment on iTunes and also we are on Spotify oh yes shout out to the Spotify team we are community fans listeners (laughs) all that good stuff when when I saw us on Spotify I was was, gassed it was wicked innit yeah I was gassed do what I did innit just type your name in and see what happens (laughs) (laughs) and one thing I want to ask our listeners to do if you can't review the show or leave a comment or whatever if there's any episodes that you've particularly enjoyed or you feel will add value to the the life of a friend or a family member then please share that episode with them or take a picture of your favorite episode or you listening to an episode and post it on the socials and we'll make sure we shout you out absolutely until next time 